I am with uh, Patricia Sanzon and uh, Andrew Sugarman, who are both yoga therapists. Uh, for the purpose of this video, Patricia will be demonstrating, taking the role of the student, and Andrew will be uh, talking about what she does and may not be visible on camera while he's doing that. All right, Patricia, we're, I'm going to guide you through a little bit of a, a breathing awareness. So, um, can you close your eyes and just for a moment take a couple of breaths just to uh, start to bring your mind more internal and pay attention to the action and the sensation of breathing. Just notice where you feel that in your body. And have an overall intention of slowing your breathing down. All right, now for a little more awareness, can you take your hands and place them on your abdomen? And the next couple of breaths have the intention of filling that area where your hands are touching. So your inhale expands the abdomen. Slow breathing, inhale, pause. Exhale, very slowly let the breath out. And then I'd like to move your hands and your awareness up into the upper part of your ribcage. So can you move your hands a little bit further to the sides? Good. And now the next couple of breaths, just have the intention of expanding the ribcage, feeling it in your palms as you inhale. Pause for a moment after the inhale and then slowly let the exhale go. Keep a little tautness in your abdomen as you inhale so you can exaggerate the lift and expansion of the ribcage with your inhales. Okay, now let your arms relax just onto your lap and continue to take some deep breaths that intentionally expand the ribcage and then the abdomen. So the breath goes all the way down to the pelvis and then exhale slowly, let the breath out. So Andrew, as we were watching Patricia, it was a little bit like uh, watching paint dry, not much was happening. So um, from your own experience, could you tell us what was actually happening? Yeah, um, I was walking her through an exercise that was effectively a, a meditative practice. And the definition of meditation in this case is just concentrating on something. So the breathing was kind of an anchor point, something to, to gather her awareness and her attention and, and ideally focus her 
attention and awareness so that there's a, a mitigation of distraction or, you know, sort of a, a, a minimizing of awareness around her and bringing her attention in a more sort of central place. And the, the breathing was just the, the object of focus to do that. And, and then making it a little more complex, meaning that there's, you know, that some, that initially focusing on the abdomen and then in the second part focusing on the chest was so that the, uh, the object was not too vague, that there was a little more specificity about what to pay attention to. So there's a little more effort involved in controlling it. And, uh, and ideally, a, a little that, that amount of effort would be more um, containing of the attention. And then there's a something second which, which might be visible and maybe not in that shot, where there's also something, there's some biomechanical process happening in the breathing, where you may have been able to see a little bit of expansion of the rib cage in the second part. What's less visible maybe is the change in the spinal curves that are a part of the biomechanical process of breathing. Which All right, so uh, continue to keep your attention inside your rib cage. When you inhale, think of expanding that area. Pause, and then when you exhale, begin to bring your hips back, bend your elbows, drop your chin. And then, again, an inhale that expands the rib cage as you come forward. And an exhale that rounds your back as you go backward. And please continue that. So, Andrew, as Patricia is doing this, could you describe for us what is happening? Okay, so in addition to... Uh, you know, sort of the sequence that we've been building where we demonstrated an internal process that's not so easy to see. What's more visible here is that um, actually, well, the part that you really can't see is that on an inhale, there is a flattening of the upper back. Mm. And so we've used this posture to demonstrate that the breath is doing that, but with this posture, she's magnifying or ex exaggerating that 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 process, that mm -hmm. biomechanical process. So there's a natural biomechanical process of the breath, and what this posture is doing is helping her feel more uh, how it's affecting her body. It's it's yeah it's 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 actually working with that process. It's kind of uh, following the natural physics of breathing, and and you know, there's going to be a difference for everybody doing this because every, the shape of everybody's spine in a very general way is the same, but mm -hmm. more specifically is not the same if you were to compare bodies. Mm -hmm. So, there, in this, here's an example of why as a yoga therapist you work with people individually is because the, a one instruction broadcast to a group of people um, is not, it's not specific enough for each individual to find how the differences in their structure um, translate to how they would think about a movement like this differently. So it, it may be a little hard to point this out in a video, but, but just suffice to say that everybody has a, has a different structure. So the, the general idea that's universal is 
there's a flattening of the upper back with inhale, mm -hmm. and this posture is meant to work with that process. And, um, and then, uh, again, just to reiterate that everybody, everybody's body being slightly different would work with that. And then the second part to it is that on the exhale, there's a, there's a slightly natural flattening of the lower part of the spine on an exhale, so mm -hmm. that's what just what we're observing right now. Okay, great. So Patricia, what was it like for you uh, from the inside to do this? Um, again, it's a very internal experience because your eyes are closed and you're just becoming very aware of your body and you're just feeling those articulations of the spine. Like when you're inhaling, you're feeling your, your upper thoracic flatten and on, your, on the exhale, you're pulling your lower abdominals in and you're feeling the flattening of the lower back. So you're actually feeling that articulation along with the breath and it's, it's a very, um, you have to stay very focused because it's very detailed. There's a lot of subtleties in the movement. So it's a very internal focus. So you're, you're very intensely focused on what's you happening. Have to be. Yeah. You have to be very engaged in what you're doing. It's not habitual. Even if you've done the posture many times, you have to really be present. Okay, so what I'd like you to do when you inhale is, again, expand the rib cage with your breathing. Use the same arm movement you did earlier, so you're, you're enhancing that effect. And at the same time, push your feet into the floor and bend your right knee, all that. Can you do that now? Inhale, reach the arms out and up, push back into your left heel, and then exhale. Okay, so I'm just going to instruct or suggest a couple of changes as you do this, and next time you'll try this. All right, now when you inhale, don't come forward. Just take a breath right where you are. Just expand the ribs. And when you exhale, pull your belly in and slightly drop your tailbone, so your hips, your pelvis tilts back. Now the next time you come forward, try to keep your tailbone down as you raise the arm. So there's a little more stretching in the front of the left hip, a little flattening of your lower back. So Andy, uh, my understanding is you do this to, this is kind of the individual adjustment to everybody. You pointed out that everybody is different. Yeah. And what you're doing right now is adjusting her body or? Yeah, something that unfortunately is not so evident on camera is that I could see as she was doing that, she had too much of a forward tilt of her pelvis, which was exaggerating a, a, a round, an arching, mm -hmm. I'll just use that term, an arching of her lower back, which is a condition she already has. So in order for her to get more use, more effectiveness out of the posture, she needed to make this slight adjustment, or that was my assessment. Okay. She needed to make a, that slight adjustment so that she's getting a better, you know, sort of better alignment of the, of the joints around the hip. Okay, so that's, that's, that's part of the practice itself, is you pay attention to these minute little details and adjust them either physically by being next to her uh, or in the description as you did right now. Well, the, the, maybe the key point here is that uh, in contrast to, say, d teaching a group of people this, Mm -hmm. where I would ha just deliver one instruction which would have to be 
just taken universally and everybody does it. Right. In this case, the process is much more about my observation of an individual mm -hmm. <clears throat> and looking at the unique characteristics of that individual's structure and even some things that are even less visible, not even on a camera, just something energetic. So, so Andy, do you want to say a little bit more about uh, the process of what's happening while you're teaching? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, there was a, this, this uh, demonstration was just uh, showing something about me suggesting a, a change in the way that Patricia was doing that posture. Um, and actually, it was, it was significant that I didn't have to physically touch her. It, it may be with some people that I might have to in order. Different people accept information differently. Um, but the point of it was that the, the way that I was suggesting the change was verbal, so that it was that through a, a, a process of awareness, she's making a, she's making a change in her body. Now, the point about me as a teacher, I mean, that's just about how I communicate the change. But the, the, I, an important point there is that um, in contrast to teaching yoga where you're just broadcasting some general information to a group where everybody is doing the same thing, um, my primary activity while I'm teaching is, is a, an acute observation of an individual. And it needs to be one person so that it, for me, there's no distraction. I'm really focusing on the subtleties of that individual's structure, and even things that are less visible, like you know, sort of a something that's a little hard to describe. But kind of like the the degree to which I can see that their mind is present in the process, and something about if there's a resistance to it or if there's a real full engagement. So and there I, is. A, so there is a, the, the the person, the student, is in the mindfulness, but you are also very much in mindfulness to be very focused on what's happening in every little detail. Right. Very much in contrast to uh, teaching a, a room full of people. Right. Where there's right. really fragmented awareness right. where I'm trying to see something, in, in, you know, like, like an insect's eye, you know, I'm trying to see right. all those things. So what's happening is uh, a sense of really the mindfulness and resonating and being very present and focused. Yeah, on that's one. very much the process for yeah. me, so that I'm... I'm as receptive as I can be to all of the layers of subtlety about gross structure and more subtle things that are a little harder to see and describe, so that I can, however I communicate, I mean, either verbally or if somebody needs a demonstration or needs to be touched, the point is that my attention is, is very acute and focused on that one individual. Okay. Patricia. Um, as you were going through this, what was it like for you? What was the experience? You have to be extremely focused. Um, I was just listening to Andy's words. I felt very um, connected to him through the words and through the breath. Um, it made me feel very... Um, I was very aware of my body, very aware of my breath, very, very aware that I was very focused. Um, so I just forgot about anything that was going on around me, and I became very inward. So the part that Patricia was just talking about is what I would call the primary part of, it, of this practice, which is the, that ground and meditative practice. 
Um, but I also demonstrated something about making some physical adjustments in order to uh, sort of tweak or refine the process for an individual's body. So um, well, certainly I can say from practicing that you can feel the effect of that. Now, it's a little hard to explain. It's not, it's not so much immediate, but the practice feels good. And, and it always feels good. And what you're saying is uh, it feels good in the body. So there's really, as you're doing this mindfulness practice, it's also something that is not just about the mind, but also a sense of connecting with the body in a pleasant way. Yeah. The, uh, in contrast to a practice where you're meditating and just sitting and being very still, um, the, the intention behind moving the body is in order to sort of subdue the body or make it more comfortable so that there is less distraction to the mind. So we're, in this case, basically using the body as a way of stilling the mind, but also working the body, sort of an exercise for the body so it becomes more comfortable and, like I said, less of a distraction. So, so there's, you know, it's easier for the mind to stay still and focused. And then there's also the aspect of that it's it's good for the body. So so I can say doing this, I feel good doing it, but there's also a much more of a long-term effect that it's, it, it's in some way preventive of problems that I would likely have with my body down the line. So you may not even always see an immediate cause and effect, but it feels good in the moment and I feel good long after I've done the practice. So I was thinking about the um, the aspect of when you're doing the movement, you're you're doing movement habitually. So you're not you're not aware of what you're doing habitually, and then as the teacher is um, correcting you and adjusting you verbally, and you make those corrections in your body, you become so aware of your habits of the movements that you do habitually without even thinking. So when I was in Virabhadrasana, and my spine, my low back is very lordotic. Um, when I move into a position, I I move with a very um, curved lower back and then when Andy said feel your tailbone move down it, it was such a, a good feeling to and you're, you're not we're not aware of our just like in therapy right we're not used we're not aware of of our habitual thinking patterns so we have a coach or a therapist who makes us aware about how we think and they help us to think differently but you can't change something that you're not aware of so like a therapist or you know you're making the person first aware, and then when they become aware, then they can change it. And then when they change it, it's like, oh, that feels good. This recording is part of the podcast at pausefully.com. See website for more information on this conversation, as well as other conversations. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at octavepause.com.